Hi, Esty Besties. Welcome back to the Sounds Like Spa podcast. This is our part two of our Acne Awareness Month. I am joined again with Kelsey and Alex, which is so exciting. So we are going to dive right into this episode is really fun. We're going to be talking about acne, acne myths, some treatment plans, modalities you can use. So we're really diving into some really fun topics this episode. So let's jump into it. All right, guys, welcome back again. I am so excited to have you guys here again. Um, if you want to give a really quick introduction of yourselves one more time, just before we start, start. Hey, guys, it's Alex Hernandez, lead educator. Hi, everyone. It's Kelsey here, manager of onboarding and training, both licensed estheticians. And I am Maggie Walker, your lovely, amazing host of this podcast. So I am really, really just wanting to dive right into topics for this one. So let's jump right into the acne myths and misconceptions because this is something that I love to hear about. Gosh, where do we start? (laughs) There's so many. Um, So just even thinking like how I describe, because like whenever I teach what acne is, I always teach what acne is not with it. You know, it's not just caused by poor hygiene or poor diet. Um, you know, washing your face more is not going to help. Drinking more water is not likely not going to help. Um, there's just so many. I think drying out the acne is like a huge one. Like, let's just put as many active ingredient products and serums all at once three times a day and hope that my acne will be gone tomorrow is something that, you know, I've heard a lot of um, and just so like far from the opposite. Like if your barrier isn't healthy, the skin won't be able to heal. Mm -hmm. So um, just lots of around like drying the skin out. Let's just say probably most of what you know is a myth or misconception. (laughs) Going harder is not the solution for acne. Mm -mm. I am definitely super guilty of that. I've been the person that will like kind of slap on just as much to dry it out. Like drying it out was always my course of treatment growing up. And so I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely guilty of that, unfortunately. Same. Okay. We all are. Yeah, we all are. Until we know that. Well, and you right? kind of brought up in the last episode, Kelsey, you kind of brought up um, how a lot of people will like think like more is better. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. not really, that's not really how it works. <laughs> yes. I remember when, you know, I worked in the clinic and we would get their rut- routines that they're using. It would be like glycolic, salicylic. Um, their moisturizer would have those ingredients. And I'm like, where's like, there's no hydrating like ingredient yeah, in this product. Yeah. Um, you know, they're using the pads that, you know, have like calling and retinol on them and just so strident. Pads. Yes. All these strong things, like putting toothpaste all over your face, like all these things. And I'm like, okay, like, let's just take a step back and like cut out all of these things and let's get you on a cleanse tone moisturizer some sunscreen and just really work on that barrier so then we can actually treat your acne appropriately did you guys ever hear because you said the toothpaste did you ever hear about the um like liquid advil gels there was like when i was growing up yeah and there was like a thing where you would like cut open the thing and then you would put the like aspirin yes Yep. I I did the liquid Advil gel thing. Uh, do not recommend. It absolutely, absolutely burned the crap out of my skin. 
yeah, it's there's so many different uh, how do you even call them like wives tales or like um, just like DIY stuff that just please don't do to yourself. Even as an SD, I used to do some things to my skin and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. It'll be gone tomorrow. And I'm like, have a burn mark on my face. <laughs> like, no. I'm going high. So that didn't work. <laughs> it leaves more scarring, uh, which takes longer to heal than the actual lesion itself. So just leaving it alone is usually best. <laughs> yeah. Or letting. Yeah, I will say. I will say the pigmentation's a pain to deal with when you like mess with it a whole ton and then it like even if like the actual like active acne is gone like that part's done the pigmentation that just like hangs out after because you just like messed with your skin so much yeah my favorite I remember like before I was an esthetician I would literally pick it off and then I'd have this like scar and I'm like whatever at least it's like flat but then that mark is there for like weeks and I'm like, okay, this is not what we want. But yeah, I hear you. I was the same way. Yeah, no, same. I'd be like, at least it's flat. And then I can put on makeup yeah. and cover it up. And there's not a bump. But then it's like, yeah, like the the scar, you're like, well, it's so it wasn't great. So now that we've discussed a little bit of like the acne myths and misconceptions and, you know, common things that people hear or like wives tales and stuff what about like more into like ingredients and treatments that are good things we do want to do yes i think slowly introducing actives that work best for your acne type is a great way to approach treating your acne there are so many great ingredients like mentalic salicylic acid glycolic retinols that can really treat acne um, and depending based on your acne type, you know, each one, you know, it's a little better for certain types, but um, finding what works for you, what percentage works for you, because they do come in different percentages um, and really just working with making sure your barrier is healthy, but also implementing these actives to treat your acne. Yeah. In addition to just taking your time, um, it's so important. This is what we teach in our training. It's so important to be able to properly identify the acne types. But then also really be a product and ingredient expert because there's so many different ingredients, so many different products. Um, so you really need to know like the different specialties each of those ingredients has. Like something like a mandelic acid, this is going to get you the most benefits for acne out of the other alpha hydroxy acids. This is something you can use on inflamed acne, non-inflamed acne, um, fungal acne or fungal folliculitis. Um, you can use it for post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Like that's going to cover like a wide range of things. Your salicylic acid is going to be your go-to for like acne rosacea or for someone like with really oily, really inflamed skin that Mandelic isn't quite cutting it. Salicylic is a great option for that. So there's so many different little nuances um, when it comes to choosing like that exact right routine. So you really just have to be that ingredient expert. Mm-hmm. I love me some Mandelic. It does. It has that larger molecule, so it's less aggressive, and more people can use it without seeing like that irritation or that dryness. And if they do, you know, we can lower the percentage, and they usually find like a happy medium. Um, but there's so many powerful ingredients, even like benzoyl peroxide, that is a staple in our product line too. And um, you know, that can dry your skin out if you're using a 10% on a skin type that you know only needs like a 2.5. So just finding that product that works best for your skin. 
Hi guys, we are jumping into a super quick ad. We wanted to talk to you about our Face and Body Show. It is happening August 20th to the 21st. It is at the Safe Care Credit Convention Center in Sacramento, California. So if you haven't heard the news, we are moving to Sacramento and we are going to have a ton of education there for you. Specifically, we're going to have a lot of acne-related education. So if you love this podcast, if you love this episode, if you love what we're doing for Acne Awareness Month, you will definitely want to tune in because our guest speaker, Alex Hernandez, will actually be leading one of our advanced education classes that is all about acne. You will also be able to find her on our supplier classes or product classes, as well as on the Skin Inc. Life stage. So you do not want to miss the show, especially if you would love to advance your education even further in acne. Definitely make sure to tune in. We will be covering so many more topics. So you want to be there. Don't miss it. And we'll see you there. Bye, guys. Not to like aggressively jump. But I was thinking about when it came to like the acne myths and stuff. You guys talk about acne imposters a lot. And I want to know if you want to dive into some of those. Because I remember when you first talk to me about acne imposters and I was just like first of all I just love the sound of that because it just sounds fun but secondly I was just like fascinated I was just like wait yeah there's a few skin conditions that um not so much mimic acne but can appear um pretty similar or even alongside regular acne um so the most common ones that you'll see that you can treat is fungal folliculitis. It's also known as piriformis folliculitis, but it's really like the big like fungal acne that I know that from TikTok. They say fungal acne on TikTok. I know that. <laughs> um, but what it is, it's a um, basically an overgrowth of the genus Malassezia. So it's um, causing like a little bit more of like a rashy appearance than acne. It can sometimes itch. It'll come and go and move around. Um, and you know, if you're going to extract it, you're not getting a microcomedone. You're just getting a, basically like a watery substance, um, that can appear with acne, it can appear by itself, but it can appear as little like papules and pustules. So it does look uh, a lot like acne. The other one we see a lot that we can treat is acne rosacea. Uh, so this is subtype two rosacea, papular pustular rosacea. Uh, and this is going to present as transient papules and pustules and central facial erythema. So it's going to be, we've seen it in really bad cases where it's really bad on the forehead and the chin. Other times it's like really bad in the cheek area. Basically anywhere where you would see redness with regular rosacea, you're seeing redness plus those little papules and pustules too. Uh, so those two are super common that we see. That's why it's important to be able to properly identify those because for your fungal folliculitis, you're leaning towards mandelic. For that acne rosacea, you're leaning towards salicylic. There's just little, and then there's more lifestyle involved with both of those two. There's a lot that goes into it. And there's some that you will see in the treatment room that you don't want to treat too. Definitely. So staph is another one that can represent and look a lot like acne. Um, and if you know, you do see that in your treatment room because it's very pustules, papules all over the skin. Um, and they're usually in like big bunches. So it really resembles that cystic acne. Um, you know, we've seen that here in our clinics too. And we just have to like send them to their doctor and, you know, wait for treatment until, you know, they're cleared by their doctor taking medication. But that's another one, a big one that um, people think could be there could be acne and it's actually like a staph infection. Yeah. If you're treating a client and you see something that just looks off. Like it's just a huge like interconnected lesion. It's very red, it's hot to the touch, and it just looks off. 
always just err on the side of the caution and have them go, uh, you know, make sure it's not staff um, prior to performing any services or anything like that. And if it is staff, make sure they do their course of antibiotics before you get them back on your table. So moving back in after, after a little break, my brain is, my brain's coming back. Um, moving back in, what would you say? Cause you already kind of talked about ingredients you really like, and you've talked about what you can and can't treat, but do you guys have any like specific like treatments or treatment style or like anything like that? I know everyone's really different, especially with like what kind of acne they have, what's triggering it and all that. But do you have any like acne treatments you're, you're especially loving lately? Ooh, you go first. Um, like in the treatment room or just kind of like as a product in treatment room. So one of my favorite treatments for acne is actually Face Reality's acne peels. These are a mild blend of acid. So they contain PCA, elmandelic, lactic, and a bunch of other just really high performing ingredients. These are going to help heal the acne lesions on the skin, offer that exfoliation. It's going to work on fading those PIH marks, those post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation that is on the skin after an lesion is gone. Um, and they're so mild that you can go into your home care routine the next day. And we also offer different levels. So really just based on like that client's skin type, we would identify which, you know, number they would be getting that treatment. And we always start at one, just really work them up following that adaptive approach. Um, because we never want a client to not be able to use their home care routine the next day. It's very important to do more of a mild treatment um, and really just listen to the skin. If they only need one layer that day, that's totally fine. But we do up to two in our clinic. Um, and then I just love that it's no downtime. So you're not going to shed like a snake for the next few days unless your skin is like dry or your barrier is a little compromised. You might see some shedding. But it's very mild. And I love that you can just go into your home care. Yeah, I love the acne peels too. I also love a good enzyme. Our hydrating enzyme mask has like really been my go-to when I'm working with like anywhere from moderate to severe non-inflamed acne. Because think of uh, the enzyme mask is really like little Pac-Mans kind of just eating away at the dead skin cells. That's how mm -hmm. uh, enzymes work. So they really help to just clear a path. Uh, so it's eating away all the dead skin cells. I love to use steam with it. Steam's optional, but I love steam as long as there's no inflamed acne present or acne rosacea or anything like that. Um, leave that on for up to 10 minutes. Remove it with that nice warm towel wrap and then do a massage of the Hydrobalance Hydrating Gel. Uh, I love it just because it preps the skin so well for extractions, but it's also a little bit more of like a relaxing service too. And we'll always really listen to the client's skin types. We have options for them depending on like what their skin presents that day. Maybe it's best to do an enzyme and then maybe next time they're good for a peel. Um, so we don't, you know, it's not linear. It's not like a goal to work up to like the strongest peel, but it's really whatever works best for that client's skin type that day during the treatment. So we actually don't even tell clients like what they're getting until we look at their skin. So it's very adaptive. Very smart. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, what might you guys have like in terms of tips and advice? I feel like they're have been a number of times I've gone in and I've had like an active breakout and I've gone into a spa and not necessarily that they made it worse, but like they might've done like some really intensive facial massage or something. And I just remember like there've been a couple of times where I'm kind of like laying on the bed, almost just like 
clenching your fists, like waiting because it kind of hurts when they're like really like doing all of the face. So what kind of advice and or tips would you give if someone came in to your treatment room? They're not looking, they're not like getting an acne treatment, but they're just like getting a spot treatment. But you see that they have an active breakout or they have like an inflamed breakout even. Yeah, I would definitely focus, like if there's a lot of inflammation, I would try to do more like of a cooling treatment. I wouldn't try to manipulate the skin too much. Really just focus on reducing that inflammation. So there's other tools that you can add into your treatment room too, like high frequency. I love a good high frequency machine. Um, you know, that's shooting oxygen into the pores and bacteria can't grow in the presence of oxygen. So it's going to, you know, prevent new acne from happening, but it's also going to reduce the inflammation of like, let's say, you know, that one active lesion, just like spot treating with the high frequency is a great, um, great tip that I, that's my favorite tool. And we talked a little about empathy, uh, we talked a little bit about empathy in the last episode and just also maybe, uh, well, it's not even calling attention to it. Like if someone is not seeking out, you know, treatment for their acne or facial for their acne, uh, you know, even if, you know, we're obviously seeing it, but if it's not bothering them, we don't want to make it a thing, basically. Um, like even for some of our acne clients who aren't intentionally coming in for an acne treatment, um, sometimes they only care about like the inflamed acne and they don't care about the non-inflamed acne or vice versa. So as we're working to treat it, we know we're going to clear both, but it's important not to like call too much attention to something that's not already bothering them. I'm not trying to throw people under the bus, but I feel like I've definitely entered a treatment room once or twice and they, not like they didn't know what to do with me, but like I could tell that like they weren't sure, like when I've had like a pretty active cystic breakout or something I've had, I did have one very it was a very big she like exfoliated me like I'm pretty sure I got a chemical manual and physical exfoliant in one treatment my skin was so and I had actually it was right before I went to a a show I had a face and body show the the next day and I was like walking the floor preemptively like going to say hi to people the amount of products that these lovely lovely brands were like your skin is very upset right now. And it was like all these cooling and calming and people were like, try this, you know, just be so nice. To it. But I do remember there have been a couple of times that I've definitely like gone into a treatment room and I like can tell not like, again, not like they don't know what to do with it, but like if I'm going in for, you know, if it's, if it's much more like a high end luxury resorty one, you're definitely just going in for like a nice experience. And I could kind of tell that they weren't sure what to do with my active breakout. So I was very curious, like, what kind of advice you might give? Because I feel like that might be an issue people run into where they're like, well, I'm not treating their acne, but they definitely have an active breakout. So what exactly should I do, like, course of treatment here? But yeah. Do, like, yeah, always provide something hydrating and soothing. You don't have to go crazy on that lesion. Um, uh, really just calming is the best thing you can do, especially if that's not even what someone's looking for. It's even like too, when you go get your eyebrows done and they're like, Oh, do you want me to do your upper lip too? And you're like, no, but thanks for pointing that out. Um, so I never want to be like, yeah, do you want me to do something with pimple over here? And they're like, thanks. And like, I know it's there. Like you didn't have to call it out and I can see it. Yeah. Us as your experts just know, like we can work on it, try to reduce the inflammation, but we also don't have to like public service announcement yeah <laughs> you know there's a lesion on your cheek um but I also feel like as you get 
so like caught up in like what works for them and like maybe most of their clientele but that again like skincare is just not one size fits all so really being accommodating to your clients and like Alex said leading with that empathy and you know having options in your back bar so you can really support the client that's on your table and in the best way possible even in just everyone has a sulfur spot treatment in their back bar just as you're giving that facial just dab it with some sulfur spot treatment and move along adding led no that's like such an easy way to incorporate so many benefits and it'll help target that inflammation but just having the tools and the resources to really help anybody who walks through your door uh so you guys have mentioned a couple different modalities but what what are some of your top favorite kind of like equipment or modalities to use for acne treatments Ooh, I know you're going to talk about LED. So I'm going to talk about high frequency. Um, high frequency is so underrated. And um, it's something that I tell estheticians and acne experts all the time. Like you have to have a high frequency device. They're so inexpensive for us um, that you just have to have one. Even if it's not like a super fancy one, um, just have a high frequency wand on hand. Um, we do it Every single service after extractions, as long as there's no contraindications. But like Kel said earlier, it's driving oxygen into the pore. So it's killing any inflammation causing bacteria. Um, it's helping to, you know, again, with oxygenating those pores, it's helping to, you know, start the healing process, getting that blood flow circulating. Um, so it's great for after extractions. There's also some anti-aging benefits to high frequency but really we use it for that, you know, inflammation um, and wound healing post-extraction. Yeah, I would say also having like like the, the extractor tool, the face reality extractor tool, that's like key in my re- toolbox because you can use like manual, you do manual extractions for those inflamed lesions, but those non-inflamed lesions, they're a little tougher to get. And especially in California, we can't lance, like we can't use lancets. So, um, you know, some things we have to just like leave and rely on chemical exfoliation for, but having that tool that can really get in there for those non-inflamed lesions, um, I don't think I could do a treatment without it. Um, high frequency and then LED, just having a tool like that light therapy post-treatment, it's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to kill the bacteria. It's going to offer anti-aging benefits. It's also very just like soothing to sit under an LED light. So it's like not only are you getting all these amazing benefits, but you're also getting like an additional, like with acne, it's not very luxury, right? Like you're not getting the massage and, you know, all the fun things that, you know, you might get for in a, at a fluffy facial appointment that you go to, but adding an LED can just add a little bit of that fluff and you get to just kind of relax. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then on top of that, you're getting all those amazing benefits. We also like retail them, like the handheld ones in our clinic. So clients can like take them home and really, you know, continue to see those benefits at home because you do have to be consistent to see the results. We have a lot of, a lot of acne experts who will do like series of LEDs, which I think is great because, um, you know, you have to be continuously doing them. But those are probably my top three. When you are talking LED, do you specifically, is it red light? Is it blue light? Is it all of them? I think there's a green option in there. There is green. I've never used green. I think green is for pigmentation. Um, But typically when you're using, like, I don't know if I can name drop, but in our treatment, we we like to use the Saluma LED panels. Um, And where you're using the acne setting on the pro panel, it's mostly blue with a little red. So the blue is helping to kill 
bacteria. The red is promoting, um, you know, wound healing circulation. Uh, and then same when used their smaller solely acne panel. Um, it's most almost all blue. And I think there's still a little bit of red or orange like sprinkled in there. Um, but blue is going to be like your best bet for like inflammation and acne. Um, and then having that red in there too just helps to kind of with overall just skin rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, okay, perfect. That was, I just was wondering because I feel like light therapy is definitely hot right now. Like there's no other way to say that. It is it is growing. It is predicted to continue to grow. And it is something that a lot of people are loving especially consumers i feel like i've been seeing so many like at home led like light therapy like devices just like popping up all over the place too so that's why i I wanted to clarify yeah and there's so many benefits too for led like people can put it on their sore muscles like you can use it on your whole body acne is just like one way that you can utilize the led but it has so many amazing benefits like outside of even just like your feet um it's great. Like if you have bruises, it can help the healing process. So there's just like oh, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you look at the Saluma um, Pro Panel, there's an aches and pain setting. Mm-hmm. So you can have something that's like for aches and pains, helping to soothe inflammation and promote wound healing. Freaking nice. I need that. Mm-hmm. I'm old. I creak when I stand up now. <laughs> I need things for aches and pain. LED beds. Just sleep in an LED bed every night, every time. <laughs> I'm like, can I just like lay under here for an hour? Uh, I got to try like their full body panel when it first came out at one of the first shows when they were debuting it. And I like laid under it for social media and they're like, okay, Maggie, you can get out now. And I was like, no, you're going to have to drag me out of this thing. I am not moving. Hi guys, Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc. Just back to remind you that if you love this content we're putting out, Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. You can also find find us at skinink.com, and you can find us on social media, including Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So please make sure to subscribe, follow us, do all of the things so that we can keep bringing you amazing education, especially on this podcast where we will also be bringing in fantastic guest speakers, just like we're doing for the whole month of June. So do not miss it. Okay. So we are going to move into the game time in a second. I had one last question just to kind of wrap up before the game, to kind of wrap up this whole acne awareness theme and to kind of dive into it. I would love if you guys could just share like your top advice, whatever that is, like whether it's for someone like just in the industry, someone who is specifically pursuing becoming an acne expert, like what is something like whether you want to say like top do and top avoid, however you want to do it, I would just love to hear like your top piece of advice. So really my advice for anyone wanting to treat acne is to, you know, take the time, take the training. You don't want to do anything halfway when it comes to treating acne because there is just so much that you needed to know in order to treat it successfully. Um, so just really take the time, do the training uh, and just really learn as much as you can before diving into really trying to help clients get clear. Yeah, mine was very similar. Mine was just continue with the education. I feel like school just really gets you to your esthetician license. And then you really get like that real life experience post, you know, graduation and, you know, getting your license and all of that. So just like take the courses, even if it's not acne that you want to dive into, like continue learning, whatever that is. 
take all the classes, become that expert. So then you can set yourself apart and offer all these treatments and offerings to your clients. Um, and, you know, if you do something different and you're setting yourself apart, that those clients are going to just come in. So whether that is learning acne, which is very in-depth, and I would definitely recommend it if that's what you're interested in. But even if it's not, just continue learning. Take all the classes that are in your area, sign, the, sign up for them. Um, there's probably a lot out there. And then that's honestly the way I learned and the best, you know, tool I feel like yeah. I've had in, on my esthetician journey was just continue to learn. Like we don't know at all and it's continuously changing. Things are different all the time. Just find the class, continue learning. Take advantage of trade shows like Face and Lottie. There's a ton of educational classes that are included, included with just buying a show ticket. So there's all kinds of free classes out there too. Then you can find your niche and become like that expert in whatever it is. I liked the uh, the plug. Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) Do all the amazing things. We do all the great education. Kelsey and I will be in Sacramento in August and we're teaching a class on, you know, just the treatment of acne. So another plug for another free acne class. I was going to say you're, you're in a few, you're kind of scattered all over for face and body. You're doing a lot of training. So yeah, definitely. If you have any interest in learning more about acne, these two right here are going to be doing a lot. You guys are going to be on our skinny class stage. You're going to be in some of our supplier classes and you're going to be in our advanced room. So they're actually going to be really hard to avoid. (laughs) So moving into the game, this game, it's not, I mean, it's kind of a game. It's, it is and it isn't. So I'm calling it hindsight 2020. And this is basically kind of like a, a little, like, I wish I knew when I first, cause there's, there's a lot of things since we've been talking guys that I wish I knew Mm -hmm. during my acne journey. Uh, that you guys have enlightened me towards. But so I would love to hear from you guys, like whether it's a couple of examples, but like something that like when you really dove in and started learning more about acne, like things that you're like, wow, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew like the diet and lifestyle portion. Like, of course we know about like the topical aspect of treating acne. Like we've all heard salicylic and retinol coming out of aesthetic school. Um, but like they don't teach you diet and lifestyle about acne in aesthetic school. If you look in a aesthetic school book and you want to learn about acne, it's going to tell you salicylic acid and retinols are your only option. And it's going to tell you for anything like moderate to severe, they have to go to a dermatologist. Um, so just in general, just wanted to put it out there. Like if you're not comfortable treating acne after aesthetic school, like you are far from alone. Um, that's not the environment where they really set us up for success to treat acne. Um, so just, there's a lot to learn still, especially that diet and lifestyle aspect of it. Definitely. Also, I feel like for me, it was the diet and lifestyle too, for sure. But also um, like pore clogging ingredients, like makeup, shampoos, body products, lotions, coconut oil, like I thought coconut oil was like the best thing to put on your skin in high school and everybody was doing it. And then I learned like, oh, no, you know, like that's the, it's so, the consistency is so thin. It's just going to clog your pores. Um, And so just really being like identifying what it is that, you know, are your triggers, but pore cloggers was another one that kind of like threw me for a loop. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to like check my makeup like all these things. And, you know, I learned that all of those ingredients that weren't supposed to be in there were definitely in there. And also like 
certain supplements like the biotin thing like that threw me for a loop because I was like wait I've been doing biotin thinking that it's going to heal my acne and support my clearing process but that could be so further from the truth so really just like I like learning and understanding that everything you put in your body internally is going to show up on your skin but also you know the products that you use topically can also be causing those breakouts so just really identifying your triggers so you can try to live with your acne I feel like my hindsight, I have so many coming to mind right now of just like growing up and like having it or even like because my sisters had it. Um, my sisters had acne too. I had it like it's like like it's Voldemort. Like I can't talk about it. Uh, my <laughs> sisters had acne too. Uh, and I feel like there were so many like my sisters. She was like almost like ridiculed because she uh, would wear makeup to cover up her acne. And I remember people all the time would be like, that's making it worse. That's so much worse. And I feel like in hindsight, it's kind of like, you know, I know there's definitely like makeup you can get that will help. And like you said, like the topicals and when you have to think about what you're putting on your skin and stuff. But I feel like, I feel like that for some reason had so much worse of a rep of like covering it with makeup is like, you're actually causing it more and it'll never clear up if you're always covering it with makeup. And I feel like that was like something you had to deal with. Like, I don't know. I feel like growing up all the time, that was what I was told. In hindsight, I wish I would have just been like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. We also the worst unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who has ever had acne on their face, I'm sure everyone has experienced getting the worst unsolicited advice. Yeah. The comments are just, and we know, we know. Yeah. It's almost like you just want everyone to be better than a toddler. Cause I don't know if you've ever had acne around a toddler, but the, they <laughs> brutal ruthless no filter will tell you exactly what they see because i was gonna say then when like adults are giving you the same kind of like unsolicited you're kind of like could you be better than the toddlers actually i'm getting yeah. it from the toddlers i don't need it from you mm-hmm. like if you can't change it right then and there just don't make a comment about it you know like it's unnecessary if it's nothing you could fix in this moment probably not an appropriate time to make a comment 100% one of my biggest pet peeves absolutely drives me nuts like first thing it was like the first thing Alec my husband ever learned about me I was like don't do this it drives me nuts when you say how do I look and then they say good and then you're in the car going to your destination and they go you know what actually like so and so is all or your hair or like something and I'm like you could have told me this when we were in the comfort of our home and I could fix it and now I can't totally. That's how I feel about unsolicited advice for acne. Yeah. Like I can't really- fix that in this moment right now. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like one other, like from hindsight 2020, something I learned in this, technically it was the first episode, but in this month with you guys, in our first episode, I think the hereditary aspect, I wish I knew that growing up because I feel like I would be, I would have been less mean to myself that sounds really sad and like but like i feel like i would have been to know that like it's not something i'm doing it's not something that i caused it's not you know especially with it like being linked to my pcos it's like there's a lot of like feelings that are caused by that and there's a lot of problems that come with pcos that's more than just acne and so to just know that it's like i was like there it was hereditary it was in it was in the blood it was in the veins it was in 
it was in me before I, there was nothing I did to cause it I feel like that that would have led to like me being I feel like that's something I think a lot of people should know I think that is the most important thing we cover in our client consultations like just first off like straight up like this is not your fault like we explain what acne is and everything like that because a lot of people come with so much pressure on themselves because they feel so guilty and they feel like it's their fault they have acne so that's like one of the most important things we do for clients during our consultation and then when i'm treating or when i'm teaching like acne 101 at these trade shows like i'm going to do at face and body before i even have a slide about what acne is i have a slide about what acne is not so just really set that standard like it's not any one person's fault it's not their hygiene it's not their diet like it is a hereditary disorder of the poor and then you see clients kind of like thinking like oh well yeah like, like my mom had acne when you know at this time and sometimes people after puberty like it just doesn't come back and that's you know might be somebody's like you know reality but not everybody's it might come back and affect you later in life but then you kind of get them like oh yeah like so-and-so has it too and like I don't know you probably just feel a little less alone and like it's yeah. not your fault and like you know it's genetic mm -hmm. I feel like especially with adult acne because I feel like that's a thing where I know I said it I know I've heard my sister say it where you're just like you hit like an age and you're like this isn't supposed to be happening anymore I'm not yeah. supposed to be having this anymore and it's a misconception it's not true it's like it could happen to anybody and it's almost like when you hit that adult age if you still have or are having acne or something you're like that much harder on yourself like it's hard yeah. when you're a teenager but it's almost like it's a part of life that just happens to teenagers right. and then when you're an adult and it's happening and you're like okay but why first of all since we moved to danville we're surrounded by high school so our clientele here is a lot younger but when kelsey and i were in our san leandro clinic our clientele was a lot older so that's something we would hear every single day like you know i shouldn't be breaking out anymore like i'm worried about my wrinkles i should also be worried about acne so it's just it's so so common and we see clients from like 10 to 70. Yeah. It truly does not discriminate. It'll it's, come back yeah. at any time if, you know, you have that poor issue, <laughs> it's going to come back. So it's really not, it's not your fault. And I think it also kind of takes a little bit of the mental part out of it too. Like acne is still definitely going to affect like you mentally, but just knowing like you're not alone. I don't know. It feels like it relieves it a little bit to just know that there's other people who go through it too. Um, but it's, yeah, it's also the mental part, right? Like it's very hard mentally. And then being like in your thirties, forties, however old you are, and then dealing with it, it's like another thing added on to like the mental part and like, you know, going to the job or, you know, whatever it is, but it doesn't discriminate. It is mean to everyone if it's anything. <laughs> It comes for everybody the same, if you have, unfortunately. All right. Well, I think that is everything for this episode then, guys. I feel like we killed that. We did. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to please follow, subscribe, like, watch, listen. Do all the things, please. Uh, we would we would very much appreciate it. We're going to have a question and a poll for you guys to answer. So make sure to check that out on Spotify. We're going to have a question and a poll for you guys. So thank you again, Alex and Kelsey. This was awesome. I learned a ton. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having us.
It was so much fun. I love talking about acne anytime. <laughs> anytime. Uh, but yeah, so we will see you guys next week. Bye, Esky Besties. Bye. Bye.